uh, it would be able to uh, augment a lot of the things uh, that we have in reality with digital. And uh, if they, especially if it's not annoying, it, it simulates a lot of like the uh, things that we would expect, expect in our brain, how we process the images and stuff. It's going to have a, it's definitely going to have a good place. And I think Google seems to um, uh, believe that's, that's going to be the future also. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what we do right now is going to be, sim that's the whole, that's the whole point is you're trying to simulate in a virtual environment or an augmented environment, what we do in real life. So if you're right, if I'm swinging a ping pong paddle, if I can just put something that was some weight in my hand and then swing it and then have infrared light track my movements, then that can be simulated anywhere else. And that, yeah. that I mean, I, I saw this thing, um, it had to do with uh, Disney the other day. They're also getting to augmented reality. They want to, to use it to uh, with their amusement parks to help people when they're actually trying to be in their parks. It's uh, well, with Magic Leap in this case. There's there's more visual Magic Leap. It had entirely to do with movement, so it had nothing to do with what you were seeing. It had to do with what you were touching. So there were things like I would uh, touch. Uh, I would touch a flower on a screen, even though there's nothing really there in my hands. Things yeah, like and especially if it reacted kind of like uh, when you go to touch the flower, that there was a little breeze or something, and the and the and the flower kind of ruffled to the touch. You know, in your mind, uh, you might start thinking, "Hey, that's a, a real flower," even though you know it's a projection of digital in the real right. world. So. You know, we play with those tricks with our mind with those archetypes, like when we think of a flower. Well, the, the, the trick there was that there's no haptic feedback. That's one of the reasons I like the touch controllers is that they vibrate when you do something like this. With the Magic Leap, it, uh, in this case, there is no sense of touch or haptic feedback. But on the other hand, there's no, there's no bulky controllers in your hands either. It's completely uh, based on light. Yeah, so. and, you know, I think that might be a better way because, you know, with the VR controllers, uh, you know, like you said, they, they, you have to interact with that device and you have to have the tactile feedback. But you could have this almost like the same effect with the haptic feedback is if you, uh, if the object behaves like something uh, that you touched, then you, in your mind, you think you actually touched it. Like, for example, if I reach out and touch that flower and that flower moves a little bit, then in my mind, maybe I didn't feel it move, but uh, my mind thinks that I've moved it. So that's a little trick we were talking about that makes you believe that it's real in front of you. Sure. That's the whole point of, of, any, kind of, of a, any kind of VR or, or, or AR is you're, you're trying to trick someone into thinking that they're, they are someplace where they're not or doing something that they're not doing. So, yeah, that, that, that's the whole point. If I'm, like, playing ping pong or if I'm plucking a flower or if I'm playing a piano, is, is the, whole, the whole point of it is that it reads what my fingers are doing, what my body's doing, and then tricks me thinking I'm actually doing something. Well, you know, I think uh, that you, um, Disney's, you know, uh, utilizing... 
this augmented reality is, uh, is really a smart move. I saw this one this morning where uh, the augmented reality was uh, combined. It looked like it was combining a little bit with maybe some uh, image recognition because as you're walking around, uh, it was navigating. So it had a kind of almost like a, a, a navigation display, like a gyro. And it was kind of recognizing objects around you where you were and uh, kind of telling you which way to move and stuff. Uh, so, you, you know, let's say if you had, were in a theme park, you had augmented reality and you're trying to, you know, get to one uh, site to another, uh, having that um, as an assistant while you're moving around, telling you about things and uh, showing you, you know, maybe things that might be interesting to you uh, will be something of value. Well, yeah, that'd be way better. Like, I used to think about it mainly if I was at Disney World. I get lost in about 15 minutes. And so if I were to have on a, some sort of headset, like the, like, like the maybe a smaller version of Google, what the Google Glass used to, be, used to look like, then I, there, it could show me where to go. Well, I might be interested in it. Not even just like where to go. It could, sh like, like a map, it could actually even help me figure out what I, I was interested in and give me information about, about where I was. So like, if there was an attraction nearby, it could tell me about the attraction. Maybe like when there, what time was gonna this gonna be a parade or an event in this area, and then that way you could say you can go here at this point for this, and or have lunch here for half an hour before this happens, or there, there's this one thing that's only 500 feet away, things like that. But the nice thing is that you're not trying to ask a person there every other few feet where, where you are. That gives you all the information you need. And it allows you to interact with the park in a way that um, you really can't with like a, a human being. And it's the same thing with, with the Magic Leap is I can not, with that, you can now interact with objects in a way you can't really do that in real life. So I can't be a breeze in real life. I can't be a bird in real life. But... I could flap my arms and a magic leap could see my arms flapping and think that I was being and show me a, a, an image of me being a bird on the screen. Yeah. This, uh, and so uh, when you look at what applications, you could also say, uh, you know, like uh, when you're at Disneyland, uh, you know, how you're interacting with different characters they will have people dressed up in different costumes and they will act in character like they'll have Snow White or they'll have Aladdin and they have to come out and the kids are very enchanted when they interact with them. Uh, probably as an adult, you're, you're looking at this device and you're like wanting to know where different people are. And, you, you know, if you want to see like uh, Pinocchio or something, you could head over to that part of the. <laughs> I just had some uh, them and your it kids actually fix it so like when your kids ran off, you would actually like show you like a like an arrow to show you where your kids were. <laughs> that'd actually be pretty. Well, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you could use it as a coordination device too, and you could tell them, "Hey, you know, meet me back here for lunch," or uh, "We're we're heading over to this other part of the theme park." Uh, but what I was going to say is that, uh, well, you see an object. Let's say like uh, there's a statue of. Um, um, Roger Rabbit, okay, I, that's one Disneyland I remember. Uh, you could actually have the augmented reality create maybe a scene from you in 
that space there, so you can see the interaction of that those uh, animated. Well, characters it's not go beyond that. In your, in your it's it's personalized space. for you because you're because like like with, let's say they had a there was a magic leap attached to your uh, set that you were using at Disney. What you could do then is actually interact with the Roger Rabbit statue or with the Mickey Mouse statue, whatever it was. You could interact with it in some way. You could maybe tickle the statue or shake hands with it in some way, which you couldn't do that in real life, of course. And that would trick you into thinking, oh, I'm actually interacting with a Disney character. Yeah, that's really great. You know, and I've, I've thought about that uh, magic leap, you know, whether you have a what 75 million uh, senior citizens and a large portion of, of that group wants to learn and they want to interact with different things. And so, you know, tourism's have been a huge business. Um, you know, they'll, they'll go on buses to go to different places to see different artifacts. But one of the things you get there, you have a little sign, you read the sign, uh, and, uh, you know, 15 minutes, uh, then you go to a museum, uh, you spend maybe, uh, you know, an hour or so there, and you have very little interaction. And one of the problems is the information flow is not fast enough. Uh, for your time. So maybe in order to go completely thoroughly through the museum, it would take you, you know, uh, a whole day, uh, you know, reading and thinking and stuff. But the augmented reality, you could interact with it and get, you know, the information that you really wanted. You could ask questions. That, so you could have natural language processing uh, where it's, uh, it's looking at your, what you're saying and then figuring out implications of what you're saying and then retrieving from its uh, database interactions. And the more people that are interacting, the better off it's, it's going to get because it's going to detect more patterns and then it's going to be able to have a larger data set to retrieve back information than people that are watching that. Are you talking about AI more not now? Uh, yeah, I just kind of leaped a little bit into the AI where, uh, where we were talking about the interactions uh, that, you have virtual characters. It doesn't have to necessarily follow a script. Uh, it could respond directly to what you're saying based on the context of the, what you're talking about. So your characters could be acting, but they, they could actually talk back to you according to what you're actually asking them. Sure. I mean, I mean, we already have like uh, my, my mom has Alexa, and Alexa already does that. There's no reason that Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck couldn't do that either. Yeah, and they could respond back in character. You know, it could have the right, it could have the Donald Duck or Mickey Mouse uh, voice. And oh, and the personalities, yes. You, you, you would want Donald Duck to have a certain personality to him that Mickey Mouse would not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's certain phrases, you know, that... Uh, uh, that ki kids would associate from watching cartoons and stuff, assuming that they, they uh, um, are watching it. But, you know, obviously with Disneyland buying Star Wars and things like that, you could see, uh, you know, interactions against Darth Vader or Luke Actually, Skywalker. Actually, that gives me an even further idea. I mean, you're, you're talking about kids watching cartoons. I mean, in this case, with Magic Leap and with, uh, like, some sort of AR headset like HoloLens, or actually, I think HoloLens doesn't even need HoloLens will follow your hand move, movements anyway. But even with Magic Leap, let's say kids didn't have the headset and they only had the Magic Leap, 
they could interact with cartoons. They could interact with anything they saw on TV because now that everything is streamed, now that like there's actually a kid's version of Netflix that has all their cartoons and shows, they could actually interact with those characters in some way that would be entertaining, entertaining or edu- even educational for them. Like, uh, let's say they were watching a, a program about like uh, animals. They could pet the animals. They could uh, move through a zoo in some way. They could uh, touch the animals and learn about like what they do, things like that. But a leap would actually allow them to do that without having to use controllers, which would be pretty handy. Well, you know, and that and that uh, would create a new media market um, that you're describing because I know with my grandkids, they love to act, you know, and they're, they're, they're almost like they're interacting with these invisible characters and they're talking and, you know, they have their whole uh, uh, kind of fantasy world that they're in and, you know, they'll watch shows and then they'll react those shows uh, and it's kind of cute to watch their interactions, but now you're talking about this interaction in a digital world where it's real time. And yeah, I'm going to think about like, like if they had like, like an episode of Dora the Explorer where the kids could actually interact with Dora and while she was exploring, they could interact with the things that, that she was exploring. That would actually be pretty, I mean, it'd be educational, entertaining and pretty, like it would be a pretty new way, new way of, of interacting with uh, kids between, a pretty new way of interaction between uh, kids and uh, TV. It wouldn't really be TV anymore, would it, I guess? No, it wouldn't. And the thing that's really interesting about that idea is, you know, uh, what I put out this thing, the article on uh, customer value versus the cost of acquiring a new customer. And uh, one of the things that every, every business wants to do is maintain um, a variable near one, which means that you're you're acquiring a customer and they're staying long term. So if you can use uh, media and this new uh, interactions to acqu- uh, either acquire a new customer, so you get new customer growth, and then you acquire it, you're going to have a lot more success. So um, the market will probably go that way because the interactions will retain more more user view well yeah i mean that's the whole point is like the, the more kids interact with something the more engaged they are which means that the, yeah the more you'll you the better you, you'll retain them so yeah i think magic leap was a good buy on google's part they will uh that will be lucrative in the future especially with uh with, with like how kids or even adults interact with media i mean i'm gonna be a lot more engaged uh watching star trek or what's another good one uh brothers if i could actually interact with the shows in some way even if i'm not like even if even if it's on a screen and not through a headset if i can use like uh something that, that, that monitors my hand movements then that would be uh pretty entertain, entertaining entertaining for me rather than just sitting there and watching it and using my mouse to pause or start the show. You know, when uh, uh, iPhone first came out, um, I looked at that and I, th- I said to myself, you know, iPhone's going to be really big 
and I thought, well, I'm just going to uh, buy some Apple. And so I bought, I bought a few shares of Apple and, you know, uh, then I sold it off. And cause I, I was just thinking, well, the, the valuation to the, the shares to, you know, to the income is not, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, but you know, it turned out that Apple it was uh, iPhone was a huge success and uh mark share grew I, I remember when google came out uh it was like somewhere at 400 dollars a share went, went to 800 and i thought oh this is like buying a warren buffett hathaway stock you know uh why would you want to spend that much money on one stock but you know these companies that come out with these really great inventions uh they seem to withstand the test of time uh you know they they gain uh, market momentum they get volume they get uh creative individuals like yourself who are are seeing uh market potentials they get a, well, it's because you know, they, they, they keep ad- advancing they don't like i mean a lot of companies once they they gain a foothold in a market they get comfortable so they're happy with so like a company that is into like uh uh mining or something like that eventually they stop really innovating and that's just all they do. They don't progress or advance. And I, I can't remember, I'm trying to remember where I heard this phrase, you either progressing or regressing, but you're never going to stay exactly where you are. So the reason that companies like Google and Apple and like a, a companies like, and like Facebook keep progressing is because they're never satisfied. They keep looking, they keep having all these like, intelligent people, intelligent companies making these things and they keep progressing in that direction because they keep looking beyond what's next on the horizon. They don't just say, okay, we have a social network or we have a search engine that's really popular. Let's just go go with that for a while. They're always saying, okay, let's make a driverless car. Let's make virtual reality uh, easily accessible. Let's find a new way of interacting with media other than just sitting down and watching it. And they keep thinking of new ideas and keep trying to move with that because I mean, I mean, profit's a part of it and it's an important part of it, but I think a big, big part of the reason they're so successful is that it's not their only focus. I think part of the reason that Google probably acquired magic leap was because a lot of their people were interested in this new technology and its applications, not just would it make them a lot of money. And I think it's one of the reasons they're so successful. Well, yeah, you know, and it will also be the next cool thing because uh, I have a, you know, I have an iPhone, I have an Apple Watch, I, I you know, I can, t- I can call uh, people when I want to on my Apple Watch. It has, a, you know, has a few uh, critical things like uh, mostly for health that, that I use, like for walking and my biometrics and things. Um, but I could really see like this magic leap where, you know, we've had, our, we've had this constraint with handhelds where everything that we're interacting with we've got to touch uh you know and now with magic leap it can watch where your retina is looking it can look at the objects around you uh it can do uh, it can do object recognition and do face recognition when you're in the store you know you could use magic leap for retail it could come up with you a list of consumer comparisons uh when you're driving on the road uh, why couldn't it be helping you with uh, navigation and also uh, maybe trajectory, which way to go? You could have assisted driving there, especially like with your, let's say that you're in an underground parking, which I hate doing, 
because uh, I never know where I'm at. Uh, you could use Magic Leap to find your car, get in your car, figure out how to get out of the parking lot. Well, Magic Leap at this point, you're thinking uh, Magic Leap, does it do more now than like like monitor your, your own personal movements? Because Magic Leap was more of, of an input device than an output device until I think recently, right? Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of thinking of... Wait, you're not wrong. Reality Mark. will go in that direction, and there will be lots of output as well. I think, the reason, I think the reason they like Magic Leap so much right now is because it's a great new way of input, is so that they can... It's a new way of, of taking in information from the user rather than them pressing a button. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure in the future that it'll be incorporated in other technologies where, yeah, it'll, if, if I'm walking along a parking garage, it'll mimic my movements and monitor them and know what, what it is I'm trying to do. And I'm sure that they'll actually, it won't even be like something you own. I'm sure that they'll be a part of building someday. So they'll look at users so that when someone is in, is in front of like an elevator, it'll monitor them and know that they're waiting and that they want to go up somewhere. And so you won't have to like press a button anymore. So it, it it's, it's a new, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a new way of taking of, input. It's like a, remember that, that old movie, um, it was Johnny Mnemonic when he was like tap, tapping that, that keyboard when he was wearing that headset, but it wasn't like real. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't remember the name but, of the movie. Well, anyway, he uh, was uh, typing into a, a virtual keyboard, and it was all pretend. You didn't do that kind of thing in real life. Where like he was just writing down on this uh, device because it was plugged to his brain or something. But the the idea of typing on a keyboard without really typing on anything at all was it was interesting to me back then. So this is an old movie. You may not have seen it, but uh, what uh, what interested me about that is that. There may come a time when I won't need a mouse and keyboard anymore. So uh, that would, uh, I mean, I could actually type uh, on my computer without ever having a keyboard. It would be a whole new way of input for me. For me. Yeah, it could, it could detect it by that uh, interference on the on the light where you're you're typing. Um, it kind of reminds me of like Sixth Sense. There was a guy out of, uh, I think it was MIT, that he was building a projection technology. And, uh, and then using that, he was able to interact with it. So the Magic Loot seems a lot like that, where uh, you can, it, like you said, it's more of an input technology um, that will allow you to uh, capture gestures and... Uh, translate those gestures into actions um, which I, I'm starting to think that more that was his kind of his thesis was that gestures will be more important in the future um, because it's a, a quicker way to communicate with the machine you're you're condensing this uh, series of symbols down uh, through hand gestures that can quickly translate to uh, commands in the machine exactly like um like swipe, swiping and pinching and all these other things. There was a time when, uh, I mean, th those are second nature to us. Now, if I want to zoom in on a picture, I can just take my fingers and, and widen them or zoom out to uh, pinch them. Those gestures are second nature to me now, but there was a time when they would have been, uh, I didn't 
those that didn't mean anything to me. So it's the same thing with Magic Leap. I'm sure that there's going to be a set of gestures that will become second nature at, nature to us in the next few years that will have universal meaning. We just have to wait for that to happen. Well, I really like your discussion about uh, Disney and, and its application. Um, wh- one of the things I was uh, interested from you is, uh, you know, you hear a lot of negative comments now about you know the economy and how things are are getting tougher economically what do you what do you see in terms of uh vr is it going to be negatively impacted or do you think it's just going to be something that uh, is going to continue to grow and and it's uh, just a as computational power is increasing, that we're going to see more things like Magic Leap and, and some uh, industries, some industries will keep growing just because that's their nature. So, like, um, like I, I'll, I'll go off on a tangent from VR and go into like my personal belief about like electric versus gas-powered cars. Is I believe simply because like solar energy and energy from uh, like water and the sun and wind since it's so much easier to get than like digging for it i believe that that's where the economy is going to go i don't think the the economy is difficult sometimes i think because we're always adapting i think it's difficult because we're changing so oh for instance back in uh 2008 i was super broke but then I got myself a computer science degree and learned how to program on Unity 3D for virtual reality. And a while later, I was not broke anymore. <laughs> so uh, it, t- it, took a, it took, a, took a lot of hard work and it took a lot of patience and time. But eventually, I was able to monetize on that. And it's the same with anything else. I think the difficulty is that we're changing that we have to adapt. So like my, my dad, for example, he used to think that your job was you got up, you went to an office in a building and oh, he, he's an accountant and you uh, worked in that office for eight hours and then you drove home on it during rush hour. And it turns out that that is becoming more, much more rare now is uh, nowadays he works from home uh, outside his bedroom in a hallway and uh he uh, he tele he uh, he telecommutes now, and he only works I think like I think maybe nine to ten months out of the year now since he's kind of partially retired now, and so he uh, but that's he he really likes it. He likes being able to work in uh, like a t-shirt and jeans, and but he, he learned to adapt, and I think that's a big part of this is our economy is changing very dramatically. And it's difficult for a lot of people to adapt to it. So like working remotely, uh, interacting with things in a new way. So like keyboards will eventually probably become obsolete. So will a mouse. So will like, even computer screens. Yeah. And people will need to learn to adapt to that. So uh, there will come a day when I have a headset on that will show me like five or six different computer screens or, or images. But there won't really be any computer screen. There won't be any more physical monitor there but I'll learn, have to learn how to adapt to that. So I think there's opportunities there in our economy. I think we just have to learn how to monetize them and how to adapt to them. So, and the, is it, some industries will die out. That's just the nature of our world. Sometimes 
like eventually like um like i i saw this thing once on a show uh it was john it was a last week tonight with john oliver he was talking about truck drivers and eventually a lot of trucks will become driverless they'll become automated because they just go along the exact same route and it's cheaper to hire a computer to do it than a person and that will hurt a lot of truck drivers but it will have to adapt i want basically i once said it to a person this way at the library where i work i said there will be people who invent and maintain and manage the technology and then there'll be the rest of the jobs will be done by technology so i think difficulty is that what used to take one person, what used to take 20 people can now be done by a computer who is managed by one person. So it's just because we have to learn to adapt to it. And it is difficult to adapt. I'm not going to deny that. It took me, it took me four years to get a computer science degree and even a few years after that before I was able to get a job uh, developing in virtual reality. So it just takes patience. But uh I, I mean, I know it's hard, but it's there's it's what we have to do. We 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 can't stop progressing. Well, I like your theme that you've kind of had uh, through this podcast, which is, you know, big companies are they didn't just stop uh, innovating; they kept progressing, they kept advancing the ideas, and uh, your encouragement to the listener to advance ideas too, and and adjust and adapt because I think you're right. You know, this magic leap is an interesting uh, proposition in terms of an interaction because it's very possible. A lot of our interactions in the future will be digital and we'll be cognitively interacting with it. And uh, and those inputs that we're providing will become parameters that uh, either other people are going to pick up and use or else uh, machines will be picking up those parameters and, you know, doing some action with it. Uh, and like you said earlier, uh, your interactions can then uh, be recorded so that they know, the machine actually will know or the algorithms will know your preferences and things so that, uh, like when you're at Disney, that you knows that you guys like Star Wars, or, and uh, they could have you know maybe there's a a, a band that's playing uh, music tribute, and uh, you want to get over there and listen to the Star Wars theme music, um, those kind of things where it alerts you and and then you know uh, gives you direction. Well, the advantage there, there is that every person there could have their own experience. So you could have like a Star Wars experience at Disneyland by passing by the exact same place. Well, another person could have a uh, Marvel comics experience passing by in the exact same area as well. It's just that they would see and hear and interact in a different way because of the Magic Leap or the HoloLens or whatever other, or whatever other kind of equipment that they're wearing. Yeah, and I, and I think that you bring up uh, a good point why VR will be a prevalent technology or augmented reality will be a prevalent te- technology in the future is that uh, that customization to the individual. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier is the cost to acquire a customer uh, is is reduced and also the customer value is increased. So 
once you have that formula, you the business now comes in and says, okay, we've got a good formula and they'll support the digital. And so VR will definitely continue. Even in a down economy, you'll see, you'll still see lots of work. Uh, you'll see companies taking the scarcer resources that they have now and diverting that into these key technologies because they know it's going to bring better customer satisfaction. And as they get better customer satisfaction, then uh, then they can make better profits and that will drive them to use the technology. They won't just use the technology because it's cool. They'll, they'll use it because they can make a profit. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the whole point. Like, yes, I know that guys like me, when they see something like this, they're not, they're not seeing dollar signs. They're saying, ooh, what can I do with this thing? This looks, looks so cool. But, I mean, yeah. I yeah, mean, we love that. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Eventually, you that. want to make a profit off of it. Even I do. I mean, when I got into Unity 3D and when I was learning how to program for VR, I did it because I thought it was really cool. I didn't even think in that at the moment that I was going to make money off of it. And then I entered a contest and we didn't win, but we had a lot of fun doing it. And then a friend from there got me a job working for a company that uh, makes virtual reality simulations for training, for training, for skilled trade. And I wasn't even looking for that. It just kind of happened. And so it's just eventually, yeah, money does become important, become an important part of it. But in the uh, beginning, it's just, you know, a bunch of, guys or men and women think looking at it and thinking wow this is really cool what can i do with it so i mean magic leap i'm getting wasn't probably wasn't thinking how can i become a multi-billion dollar company they were thinking is there a really cool way that i can interact with this computer other than typing on a keyboard and moving a mouse around and that that's that's a good way of going about it i think is you got that cool factor like what can i do with this what can i do to make things different or better and then eventually you want to make money off of it, which is good too. Yeah, that's kind of the, in- the innovator same thing. Spirit. Even though people like are hesitant about driverless cars right now, five, ten years from now, that will become normal. In like augmented reality, eventually we will interact even with our grocery store. There will be a new way of interacting at grocery stores that we don't do right now that will become normal to us. So when I when they see a sale happen, maybe I'll have have on a headset and it'll show me. It'll have it sit, ask me to direct me to where the sales are at the grocery store, things like that. Or when I'm at the checkout counter, a magic leap will allow me to interact with the checkout in a whole different way, other than pressing the button and swiping my card. Yeah, those are, and they're going to be uh, cheaper and they're going to be better and customers will like it because it's like, well, it's uh, faster. You know, you see these uh, new retail where there's not even a person there. You just walk in, grab what you want, you walk out and it, it charges your account. So it's, uh, um, yeah, it's less, less interactions, more customer service, more, more customer preference. Well, our time's up. It's been fast, and uh, but I do like all the ideas that you shared, um, and uh, hopefully uh, we can talk again. Uh, uh, we'd like to talk again about VR walking, but I know you're you're busy with an idea. That yeah, I'm trying to figure so we'll there's a few kinks in the idea, but I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out the I'm trying to I'm about to draw out. Basically, I'm drawing out the schematics for it, but I need to figure out a few kinks. So 
I'm not. I'm trying to decide whether or not I should talk to a friend of mine who's a mechanical engineer and see if I should get his help or not. Because there's a few kinks in it, but I really think if I can work out just just a couple of bugs, then this would be a really good, cheap way of walking in VR that a lot of people could afford. That wouldn't like be like a gigantic expensive treadmill or anything like that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when you get to that point where you work that out. Uh, definitely to talk to you about what you built. So um, we'll talk to you. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. Bye. Okay.